Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. With us for the Weekly Standard with his countdown to Cleveland is John McCormick. Great piece uh, you just posted, John. Can you walk us through it? Um, well, it's a little bit in the weeds, uh, but the basic overview is that uh, you know Cruz, with his victory in Wisconsin, now has a, a pretty good shot uh, to deny Donald Trump the majority of delegates uh, needed to win the nomination. And I think his path most likely runs through the Midwest and the West. So we still expect Trump to uh, do very well in New York next week. That's expected. We expect him to do very well again uh, next week when there are five mid-Atlantic and northeastern states that are voting. Uh, the real states to watch on the 26th uh, would be Pennsylvania and Maryland. Uh, I think there's a chance to you know, maybe pull off a few congressional districts, maybe even coalesce behind an alternative in Maryland. And in Pennsylvania, the most of the delegates are actually awarded not uh, to the popular vote winner, but basically the, the delegates themselves, their names are printed on the ballot. You don't know exactly who they support unless you've really done your research. Uh, so you could get an interesting result there. And then, uh, you know, when the race turns back to Indiana, back to the Midwest on May 3rd, I think that's really a crucial date uh, for Ted Cruz. If he can't turn it around there, uh, things are going to look, uh, you know, pretty start looking a lot better for Donald Trump. And so Cruz basically needs to win states like Indiana, uh, Nebraska the following week on uh, May 10th. And then we expect Trump to probably take West Virginia because he's been very strong in Appalachia. And, uh, then the race basically all comes down to I mean, there are a couple more uh, states that vote in May. We've got Oregon, which doesn't matter too much because they award their delegates proportionally, so they're going to split. It's not really going to give you much of a delegate lead. Uh, the week after that, you've got Washington State, where uh, it does a lot of stuff by congressional district, has complicated rules, uh, but could be a good state for Ted Cruz there. And then uh, everything kind of comes down to June 7th, which is the last day of the Republican primaries. There are five contests that day. And New Mexico is the least important one because it has like 24, 28 delegates and awards them proportionally. So, again, you can't really rack up uh, many delegates one way or the other. And then uh, the, the real states that uh, Cruz needs to win, I think, would be South Dakota Mon and Montana. Those are both winner take all. Uh, we would expect um, Trump to win New Jersey based on his strength in New York right now. He's above 50 percent in New York. Uh, although, you know, two months from now, who knows exactly where the race will be. If it's right. just a, if it's a two-man race instead of a three-man race, you know, why can't Ted Cruz win New Jersey 51-49? I think there's a possibility that that could happen. But, again, you would expect Trump to win there. And then the big one to watch where we'll probably all come down to is California, which has 172 delegates. That is more than Ohio and Florida combined, so a lot of delegates. They're almost all awarded on a winner-take-all basis uh, in each congressional district. So there are 53 congressional districts. Uh, whoever wins a congressional district gets all three delegates from that district. And, um, you know, right now we're just we're way too far out to really know how California will shake out. Uh, there were a couple polls last week and the last few weeks that have showed uh, Trump anywhere with a one to a seven-point lead over Cruz. But obviously that if that breaks down differently by congressional district, that can really alter the equation. I think that if Cruz does do well, if he wins those Midwestern states, he only needs to basically split the delegates down the middle with Trump in um, California. But we'll really know, um, you know, by the middle of May, whether or not Cruz needs to actually win California, he needs to take a majority of delegates, or he can get away with simply splitting them uh, right down the middle, or maybe even a narrow loss in California. So are there any benchmarks along the way? For example, if Donald Trump collects all 99 delegates in New York, does that make a big difference versus getting, say, 70-some of the delegates? 
Yeah, that's a, that's a significant difference. I mean, just in my own analysis, I think that you know Trump's likely to get something. Like, I'm a little more pessimistic than uh, my boss, Bill Kristof. I think he's probably <laughs> more likely to get anywhere. I think he's definitely likely to get somewhere close to 90 of the 95. You know, maybe maybe it's uh, you know 89, maybe it's 86, maybe it's you know. But it doesn't matter. I mean, you know, in an entire state. Uh, there are entire states worth 16 delegates. You know, the state of Delaware is worth 16 delegates on a winner-take-all basis. Uh, there are plenty of states where, you know, you get 20 delegates on a winner-take-all basis. So, yeah, the difference between Trump taking 95 delegates and 75 delegates is very significant. Right. But it's not, it's not enough to – even if he sweeps New York, if it's a clean sweep, it does not change the whole trajectory of the, the race as long as Cruz can win those Midwestern states and do uh, decently in California. Uh, do you think that the conversation about the process is having any impact on what's happening? Donald Trump says that the system used to pick the nominee is unfair uh, and that it's uh, anti-democratic. Do you does that affect? Do you think at all how people are actually going to end up voting when primary day reaches their state? I don't think so. You know, I think uh, I mean Trump's supposed to be this tough guy and the whining. Uh, it's not a very good look for him. I don't think. And, uh, you know, what's been remarkable in this race is that there really hasn't been momentum. You know, states are going to vote how they're going to vote. Trump racked up all those big wins on March 15th, everything but Ohio. The next week, Arizona voted big time for Donald Trump and Utah voted big time for Ted Cruz. Uh, you know, a couple of weeks later, Wisconsin gives uh, Cruz a double digit victory. So I think that states are going to kind of vote how they want to vote. Voters are going to vote how they want to vote. I don't think that they're going to really the idea i think there is momentum early in the race maybe but um we, we definitely moved past the point of you know the expectations game and momentum we're now in a real race um and i don't think that trump simply you know whining about the fact that he doesn't know these rules and his own children don't know how to register to vote in the republican <laughs> primary in time even though that his daughter has made these videos explaining how people should register to vote in the New York primary, that she herself could not accomplish that. You know, it kind of undercuts Donald Trump's message that he's going to hire the best men and he's, you know, really savvy and smart. So that's why he has to play this card that it's unfair because uh, he's been playing the game poorly. Uh, so Donald Trump's kids will not be voting in the Republican primary in New York because they are not eligible. And Donald Trump is presumably going to be voting for himself a week from Tuesday, which will be John McCormick Trump's first ever vote in a Republican primary ever. You know, it's, it's, it's pretty remarkable. I think that, uh, you know, it's definitely one of the, one of the lines of attack people have kind of been frustrated over the last few weeks. Well, or the last few months, even, well, how do you attack Trump? You really can't, you know, go after him on any one issue. I think the kind of the all the above approach, uh, you know, that, that worked in Wisconsin and I think it could work in some of these other states as well. I think Republicans who've been lifelong Republicans, when they get to the convention in particular, their loyalty is not going to be to just a guy. It's going to be to the Republican Party, the brand and the traditions, I think. Yeah, and the word Donald Trump never mentions, too, is majority. You need a majority of delegates to win. This isn't some you know, new rule put in place just to beat Donald Trump. It's a rule that has been there. Uh, you know, for 160 years, Republican the nominee has always been required to get a majority of the delegates, whether it was in a primary process or before the primary process. Uh, so I think that's really the, the key issue right there. And I think that, you know, Trump should be asked if he thinks this is so unfair. You know, what, what if Hillary Clinton got, you know, 262 electoral college votes and Donald Trump and a third party candidate got the remainder? Right. Know, should the House of Representatives just automatically make 
Hillary Clinton the president, even though she failed to get a majority of electoral college votes that is provided for in the Constitution. So I just don't think it really it's, it's much of a much of an argument for for Trump. And furthermore, you know, when voters get to the uh, convention in Cleveland, you know, we're going to be really close. We're going to be what three and a half months out from the national or from the national right. election, November election. And at that point, you know, you really got to start looking at these. Uh, as much as Trump supporters have been ignoring the polls showing him getting blown out uh, in a race against Hillary Clinton, I think that's going to be at the top of voters' minds: is who can actually beat Hillary Clinton. You know, if Ted Cruz stops Trump from getting the nomination, and he's pretty close, I'm, I'm, I think it's very, very likely that he'll wrap up the nomination on the second or the third or the fourth ballot. Um, but, you know, I mean, if Cruz's numbers tank against Hillary Clinton, too, if he's down by 10, 12, 11, 11 12 points uh, consistently in the polls and the weeks running up to the convention, you know, that's when people might really start to panic and think, hey, is there somebody else out there, you know, a, a case of Rubio ticket, uh, could, could that actually beat Hillary Clinton? You know, then he, then he started thinking about these unlikely but, but possible uh, outcomes. Yeah, I agree. Um, and uh, I guess what I would ask is, is there something that the two candidates should be doing in these elections? Obviously, their goal is to scoop up as many delegates as they can. But the delegate fighting is kind of a uh, trench warfare. You know what I mean, John? I'm wondering about the macro message. You, you know, we've talked about Ted, uh, about Donald Trump kind of whining. It should I, I, I feel like Ted Cruz should be auditioning for the chance to run against Hillary to show a broader group of Republicans, hey, this is what I can do. If you give me this opportunity, if you stick with me in whatever, Delaware or Indiana, you know, if I can get this nomination, I can really do stuff for you. Are you getting any sense that that's the direction he's starting to take? I mean, I, I do think if you looked at him in Wisconsin, he had sort of softened his message. Um, it was more focused on jobs and the economy. It wasn't just this uh, down the line, ideologically conservative message, which is important. I mean, Cruz's victory was because he won conservatives in Wisconsin by 21 points. Uh, he lost moderates and liberals to Trump by nine points. That's actually a better way to think of this race um, than the establishment versus the anti-establishment. It's really conservatives versus moderates and liberals. And that's why we're going to see Trump do much better in the Northeast. Uh, but, you know, in terms of Cruz's ability to make that impression, to sort of be the, the adult in the room, obviously it helps if he's running against Donald Trump, who's been acting like a petulant child and attacking Cruz's wife and saying he started it first. Um, that, that all helps. But I think that, you know, Trump really wants to keep Cruz's visibility down. I think that's why he has refused to debate Cruz, that once we've finally gotten down to a, a three-man debate or even possibly a two-man debate, I think Trump knows that he really couldn't hold his own. Uh, going up against Cruz, and that's probably the best opportunity for Cruz to actually be seen uh, by the millions and millions of voters who, you know, don't watch, uh, you know, Fox News constantly, who are not talk radio listeners. Uh, but I do think that Cruz, you know, he's, he's racked up a lot of money. He's doing his best to get that message out in, in TV ads, and uh, you know, we'll see if that can carry him through the uh, the Midwest and these uh, key Western states, all the way to California. Well, I'm just curious to see if Ted Cruz will have the right thing to say after losing 90 plus delegates in new york i and i'll be honest i don't know what that right thing is but hey that's why he's the guy running for president and not me michael graham john mccormick thanks for joining us on the podcast i appreciate your time thank you you've been listening to the weekly standard podcast please be sure to check weeklystandard.com regularly for podcast updates i'm your host michael graham